You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLeco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, you can drop me a line there and I will try and address it on the show if you've got any mailbag thoughts or want me to explore any particular topics, whether it's a little bit of history or some recent thoughts about how the Jets are doing. If you like this episode and either want to catch up on episodes you've already missed or stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. On tonight's episode, I wanted to recap a couple of games from last night, talking about what we saw from a number of different teams. We discussed a few of them yesterday, but there were some additional results closing out the night, and then we'll preview a couple of tonight's games as well as some stuff for tomorrow. But before we get to that, I did want to uh, talk about one particular topic that's come up a little bit recently in regards to guys like Sabi Niku and Logan Stanley. And this is something that I think is actually a fairly large issue with the Winnipeg Jets. Obviously, we've seen from the past couple of games that both Niku and Stanley might not be at the level that you'd expect for NHL regulars, especially in elevated roles. And for me, it brought up an interesting discussion about what exactly Winnipeg has done with both of these prospects and whether or not they've actually been given the right chance to succeed. I want to start out with Logan Stanley because he's probably the easier one, and I actually think that from how Winnipeg has handled Stanley since his draft year, I actually think that his improvement and his hard work and consistency, especially in the AHL, has actually been a fairly okay improvement track. Some of the issues he's had since his draft year and even before then are still there, and I think they're going to be a a continuance throughout the rest of his career, but as like a third-pairing defender, I think Logan Stanley does have a future with the Jets, or at least another team. He'll continue to be a pro, I'm just not sure what his ceiling is beyond maybe like a number 5 or a number 6D. What I've seen from him is is decent, you know, passing and distribution when he's not under pressure. He can make zone exits under control sometimes, and he's got a very big, powerful physical frame that allows him to seal off uh, board battles and things, also kind of black out shots and, and keep passing lanes uh, from getting too close to the net. And when he's in the offensive zone, he actually does do a decent amount of work to try and get himself mobile and, and create offensive opportunities, either by making sure that the puck stays in the offensive zone or finding outlets and things to use. Now, it's not something that's a particularly regular occurrence, in part because he's not somebody who strikes me as a, a guy that you find in the offensive zone all that much. Part of the reason that his you know, overall body of work is a little bit limited and he's not going to get a whole lot of minutes is because he has a couple of central issues. His first step acceleration is still a bit sluggish and slow, and for a guy his size, that's kind of something that's going to hold him back for the rest of his career if he doesn't get faster. It's not necessarily like the worst thing, but when it comes to playing against speedy, agile, and quick skaters who are, you know, the the bulk of like the top end NHLers, it just means that Stanley's not going to be able to play against those guys in really high leverage situations. The other area where Stanley does struggle a bit is in defensive IQ. I think a lot of times what you look for in a skater, especially of his size, is to anticipate play uh, pretty much like five to six steps ahead, just because if your your mobility is not great, especially in reacting to changes on the ice, then you're not going to be able to get away with a whole lot without anticipating and predicting and putting yourself in really good advanced positions to essentially head off those plays before they even develop. 
I don't think Stanley's game is really geared towards that, where he often seems to find himself is a little bit under pressure, especially in corners or, or tight turns and things, and he doesn't always recognize where the danger is going to develop ahead of schedule. This is actually something that Neil Pionk struggles with as well, but I think the difference here is that Pionk is small enough and fast enough that he tries to recover as much as he can and get back into position. Doesn't always work, though. Stanley's not really going to have that luxury as much because he is a huge, huge player, and I think that that size for him might be, on the one hand, a bit of a strength in the corners, and especially matching up against, uh, you know, smaller skaters. But on the other hand, if he's not able to track back quickly and essentially mark those routes out, it will be, a, a, you know, something of a hindrance for him going forward. I will say that, like, his professional debut so far hasn't been as bad as I expected, but there are some things in his game that are going to be significant problems going forward if he's not able to really address them. As far as Sami Niku is concerned, I think Niku is one of the more complicated cases because a lot of people are like, well, you asked for free Niku and, and to have him play, and now he is, and he's struggling a lot. And for me, I'm like, yeah, we asked for it several seasons ago. The timing of Niku's arrival is really delayed, and I think if you wanted to have him play at this level, it needed to be done several seasons ago, especially with regular consistency and in a way where you can actually shelter him. Right now, he's playing with Josh Morrissey, and I couldn't really think of a more sink-or-swim pairing than that. And that's not necessarily an indictment of that pairing specifically, but I think in terms of what Niku brings and his flaws and his strengths, this really isn't an optimal arrangement. You can't take a guy who's been press boxed or sitting in the AHL for most of his career and suddenly expect him to get like top pairing minutes in the NHL. He needed to be acclimated to the NHL rather than just sort of thrown into it after having a lot of time off. And I think that that's something that the Jets really have mishandled. You know, they've talked about being a draft and develop team, but when you look at the way that they've developed some of their prospects, it's a little bit strange. I, I think kids like Vili Heinola tend to be the exception rather than the rule. Heinola is amazingly mature for his age, but most prospects, especially playing the kind of style of game that someone like Niku brings, they need a lot more time and development to start getting eased into the like an NHL role. Niku has had very few games throughout his NHL career. I don't even think he has a full half season yet under his belt. And so for the Jets to not really give him that shot, and then suddenly everyone's like, well, now that he is getting that shot and he's struggling, you know, serves you right. I, I think it's not really fair to say that. You know, he hasn't really been given the chance to succeed in a way that a lot of prospects should be. I do feel that, like Stanley, there's a place for Niku somewhere in Winnipeg's future, especially in like a third-pairing role, because he's got genuine skill sets that I think make him a valuable asset. He's very good on the puck when he's, you know, inside the offensive zone. He's got very good edge work. His defensive work leaves a lot to be desired, and when he's kind of getting harassed and, and hounded, I think he is a bit soft. But if you give him somebody who's like a more defensive presence or somebody who's smarter in terms of uh, being a safety valve like a Dylan DeMello, I think he'll actually be doing okay with that. You know, a DeMello or like a Sandberg-Niku pairing, I think there's a future for that. I just don't think that the idea that Niku has always been bad is really correct. I think we don't really know what Niku was or could have been because he didn't get that chance in a way that I felt made sense. And now that he's been thrown under the deep end, yeah, he's going to start drowning. It's going to be tough. In fairness, he's actually not been as bad as I expected. He's had a couple of okay games, relatively speaking, and against the Suns, he and Morrissey roughly held their own. I wouldn't say it was great, but they held their own. I'm just not sure what the, the future trajectory looks like because it's been very delayed and he hasn't really had a whole lot of NHL time. Hopefully he continues to find his footing and starts getting, you know, more and more successful runs out with the squad, but he's a bit of a long shot now. And of course he always was a long shot, but now it's an even harder road for him because he's going to have to do it on a weird time frame compared to what you would hope for and what you thought he might bring as a younger player. I'm sure lots of folks will disagree with me, and if you have a different take on it, be sure to let me know at HL Living Loco and at our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. 
For now, though, that's going to wrap up the Winnipeg Jets news. In just a moment, we'll talk about some of the games from yesterday and some upcoming games for both Winnipeg and the rest of the NHL. Before that, though, I did want to tell you a little bit about why you need to be getting all of your auto parts from rockauto.com. When it comes to going to auto repair shops, it can be hard to find the exact right price and the parts you need, especially if you don't really know anything about vehicles. If you don't even remember the make, year, and model of your vehicle, then rockauto.com has the best website for you to use. Their intuitive, easy-to-navigate website has all of the specifications and filters you need to find the exact parts you're looking for. And there's even a price filter so you get the parts you need at the prices you want. Trust in rockauto.com, a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. You could even save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement for the one you dropped that greasy taco on, rockauto.com Auto.com's vast catalog is sure to satisfy every need. When you place an order, be sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. For the best selection and prices in the auto parts industry, look no further than rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com today. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. In just a moment, we're going to take a look at some of the standings and talk about what exactly is happening in some of these divisions, especially as we head in through the first week of NHL action, as well as some of last night's results. But before then, I think you should be listening to Locked on Bets. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start with a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want even more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Speaking of wins, after last night, it's clear that the Colorado Avalanche are going to be doing a lot of winning this season. They're currently second in the Honda West Division, which doesn't really mean a whole lot right now just because it's three games in, right? Let's not read too much into the results. But all the same, they've continued to be very good and they keep scoring lots of goals. They have had some injuries recently, and I I don't know if any of it's COVID-related, but a couple of guys have had to miss games, so I do think that their depth is going to be tested going forward, but they beat LA 3-2 last night, which is actually not that bad. I think the Kings are a little bit better than some others have given them credit for, but also not a particularly great team. That said, Colorado's played a number of games in recent times. It was the last game of the schedule, very late, relatively speaking, and I wasn't about to stay up to watch it because I can't really be arsed, but you know, suppose it's hockey action. Now, after that game, we do have some standings updates, at least, again, early three games in for most of these teams, but we have in the Honda West, Vegas in first, Colorado in second, St. Louis in third, Minnesota in fourth, Arizona, Anaheim, San Jose, and L.A. rounding out the bottom four. This is going to be an interesting one because a lot of these teams have actually been playing okay hockey. Arizona has played pretty decent, relatively speaking. I think that their offense is pretty strong. They've scored a lot of goals. Their defense and goaltending are going to be a little bit of a hit or miss situation, but if they can find some consistency this season and get full years out of guys like Jakob Chikrin and a couple of other players, maybe Barrett Hayton, I think that they have a chance at making the postseason and making some noise. The biggest surprise is definitely the Minnesota Wild. The the Wild have actually played really good hockey. They're, generally speaking, uh, limiting chances against, outscoring their opposition. Not a whole lot, but still, enough to see them through some of these games. I will say that their goal differential is a little bit dicey, but hey, it could be worse, and you're only three games in. The Blues are in third and have a, uh, a minus four goal differential after uh, scoring nine and conceding 13. If you're playing three games and you've already conceded 13 goals, you might be in for a bit of a rocky season. St. Louis, of course, had that one blowout loss where it was like 8 nothing to Colorado. And, and speaking of the Avs, again, they've been really good at scoring lots of goals on weaker opponents. So the Avs and I think the Knights are going to run this division. They both have really fast counters, lots of great crossing passing, more or less what we've come to expect from both of these clubs. And now that they're in the same division and clashing against each other, I think that this particular race is going to be really fun to watch. 
The Mass Mutual East division is also kind of interesting. You've got Philadelphia, Washington, New Jersey, the Islanders, Pittsburgh, Boston, the Rangers, and then Buffalo, all kind of vying for at least some share of this pie. And surprisingly, I think there's only a couple of teams in here that might qualify as genuinely bad. The Rangers are pretty bad. I would say that the Devils are also kind of there, but right now they're getting really great goaltending and some key contributions from players like Jack Hughes and Ty Smith. Aside from that, though, I think a lot of teams are are stealthily doing pretty okay. The Islanders are still much the same as they were in previous seasons, which is just kind of middle of the road, but still decent. The Penguins are definitely playing a lot of high-scoring games, which could come to bite them a little bit later on. I think that they need to figure out how to kind of stop conceding so many goals per game. Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith have been getting lit up like Christmas trees, so hopefully the uh, the Pens' defense starts to improve a bit. They've definitely conceded plenty of opportunities, and I don't think that's uh, exactly the most sustainable way to try and win through this division, which, quite frankly, looks very competitive and wide open. Philadelphia is decent but not great. The Caps are a very strange team. I don't know if they're good or bad or maybe a little bit of both. And the Devils kind of play like the Jets last year where they have enough goal scorers to, to hit you on fast counters, but the rest of the team is reliant on their goaltending. Heck, even the Sabres who look on paper like a bad team with one win and three losses are actually playing a lot better than the record suggests. The Scotia North Division is where things start to get a little bit wacky. You've got Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Winnipeg, then Ottawa, Edmonton, and Vancouver. This division is kind of a trash fire, and it's basically down to Toronto and Montreal with a bunch of teams that are just not that good following them. Montreal might be the most consistently strong team, in in part because they have really good puck movement. They've got a lot of high-end skill in terms of players who are very productive relative to their time on ice and, and just generally underappreciated and underrated. Toronto is still Toronto. They've got plenty of good passing skill and lots of goal-scoring ability, but they have slowed down a bit, and their defense and goaltending just need to be average to kind of keep things going and at least make the playoffs. The rest of this division, I don't really know what to, what to expect. I think Calgary is not that great. Winnipeg, we definitely know, is not good at all, even though they're capable of winning games. Ottawa, you know, they haven't played as badly as I expected. They're playing decent hockey. I wouldn't say it's fantastic, and I wouldn't call it playoff-worthy, but it's not bad. Edmonton is kind of the same that we've always seen with the Oilers, which is McDavid and, and a couple of other really great players with a lot of, well, dead weight out, I'll be honest. It's just not a great team. Vancouver kind of in a similar situation. We'll talk about the Discover Central division in just a moment, but before we go too much further, I wanted to tell you about why you need to be using BetOnline.ag for all of your online betting needs. We're rolling right along through NFL playoff season, and we're almost to the conference championships, which will decide who gets to the Super Bowl. Whether you're backing the Bills, the Bucks, the Packers, or even a Patrick Mahomes list Kansas City, BetOnline.ag has your back. They've got money lines and wagers for all of the top sports, including college football, baseball, NFL action, NHL action, and so much more. Whether you have your eye on the next Lombardi Trophy winner, or you think you know who's going to win the Stanley Cup a few months out, BetOnline is the safest, most trusted, and most reliable online betting site in the world. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the betting action as soon as possible. Head on over to BetOnline.ag and sign up for a free account. And when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. Now would be a great time to get in a few bets on the next Stanley Cup champ, because let's be honest, the season is wide open, and who knows who's going to win in a COVID-shortened year. Create your free account at betonline.ag, and don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a way too early look at the standings and some of the results from this early start to the NHL season, and we are finally covering the Discover Central Division, which has Tampa Bay and some of the other really great teams in this league. 
Because of uh, some COVID stuff, we have had a couple of games postponed. Nashville and Carolina are included, and Dallas hasn't even started their season yet, so we're going to have to treat this division a little bit carefully, but Tampa Bay is currently in first, followed by Florida, then Nashville, Carolina, Detroit, Columbus, Chicago, and Dallas. This is another division where there's going to be a surprising amount of movement at the top. Detroit is actually a decent team, like not horrible. The roster is not great, but they're playing okay hockey, and they're 2-2 two and two so far. You'd also probably expect uh, one of Columbus and, and Chicago to win at least a couple more games than they have so far. I think Chicago is genuinely a really bad team, but the Blue Jackets are probably better than they've shown, and at some point Detroit might start to decline too. Dallas is going to be a huge wild card here just because there are a number of factors that go into having COVID and we don't really know 100% what the long-term impacts of dealing with it are beyond like a variety of different symptoms, some of which pop up in, in infected folks, some not so much. And thus far, I, I do think all of Dallas's players have been mostly asymptomatic. It's really hard to know if any of them are going to have any sort of impact heading into the season, especially with how physically conditioned uh, these players are and how important their health can be. With that delayed start, it might be a bit of a rough season for the Stars, but if they actually somehow end up playing hockey any time in the near future and they do well enough, they could be a real force in this division. Aside from that, Tampa Bay is definitely going to be the favorite to win it, which isn't surprising. They're a really good team, and they're reigning cup champs for a reason. That squad was built to win consistently, and they have a really potent offense that's managed to score 10 goals in two games. The Florida Panthers have actually been doing a pretty decent job. They've also scored 10 goals in two games, but they've conceded a fair few more, which we do expect. And generally speaking, I'm not super high on Florida. I think the Panthers are all right. They've got a decent top six, but the loss of Dodonov is going to hurt. And like this team, I just don't really trust it for some reason. In the past, the Panthers have, have had decent stretches of hockey, but then they've kind of faded out and not really been all that great to follow the uh, end of the season. And they're going to be matched up against more teams like Tampa Bay, Nashville, and Carolina with regular consistency. And if Detroit continues to be a decent pest, yeah, I mean, the Panthers are going to have a real tough season. They have a good shot of making the postseason, it's just going to be a tough road to get there, especially with how competitive the Central Division will likely be. As you can tell from the standings, we have quite a few interesting results so far. I think it's going to be a very wide open year, and I, I have a feeling by the next couple of months, the results are going to be totally different. I think a lot of these surprises are going to fade out, or we're going to have even more surprises than we anticipated. We've never had a season like this where teams inside divisions are only playing each other, and who knows what that's going to mean going forward, especially in like what are essentially fake playoff series. Tonight's game should be interesting. At 7 p.m. Eastern, we've got Edmonton versus Toronto, and Edmonton definitely needs to have a response when here after a bit of a really bad start so far. We've also got San Jose versus St. Louis at 9 p.m. Eastern, followed by Minnesota and Anaheim at 9.30, and then Montreal and Vancouver at 10 p.m., and then to close us out, Arizona and Vegas also at 10 p.m. Montreal beating Vancouver would definitely start to cement them as one of the top teams in this Northern Division, which I think most of us already knew. This is a really good team, and they've only continued to add like goal-scoring depth through the offseason. Josh Anderson is like a perfect addition to the squad. I think the way that they play, which is a really fast forecheck and really good counters with some really good, uh, you know, crossing, passing, and, and physicality in those corners really makes Anderson a good threat. And the fact that he's got a nice shot and sharp offensive positioning just makes him a really versatile top-six player. Kotkaniemi also continues to round into form, which is something that, to be honest, I personally expected. I just thought that, yes, Barry just has too much talent to fade out. I felt like, in a similar case to someone like Jack Hughes, that Jesperi would start to put two and two together and be a real dominant offensive force, and thus far, we look like we're being proven right. Sometimes you just have to have a little bit more patience with some of these kids than others. Not everyone's going to hit the ground running like Austin Matthews and some of these other players. 
Of the games that I would say to tune into tonight, I'd look at Edmonton versus Toronto, Minnesota versus Anaheim, and then Arizona versus Vegas. I think those are probably the more even matchups, and at least Arizona and Vegas is going to be a very fun one. Arizona and Vegas have both been scoring a lot of goals, and obviously I think that that presents a real fun time for those who are neutral or even fans of both teams. Winnipeg will be back in action tomorrow at 7pm, so I'll try and have a recap out either by the end of tomorrow evening or on Friday. Let's hope it's a little bit better than their last game. That's going to do it for tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, be sure to check out Locked On NHL. And on Tuesday on Locked On NHL, it's all about East Coast bias. As Locked On Sabres host Joe DeBassi and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference. From Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin to the defending champion Lightning, the up-and-coming Rangers, and everyone in between, Locked On NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Sub to Locked On NHL on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.